0: Let's go for a ride! There are many stories here. Like this place. Like many things here. Some have become lost. But all lost things yearn to be found. And all stories long to be told. I've searched through my building. Gathering up stories from every floor basement to the ninth story and every floor in between. Stories of choice, of the hopeless, the redeemable and the lost. Stories that will unlock something inside of you and carry you through fear to your future. Get your copy of the Liv's First Anthology on Amazon in print and Kindle. Let's go for a read. The Lift's first anthology will be available in Kindle on November 2nd, 2018, and in print by mid November 2018. Visit victoriaslift.com forward slash book for more details and updates. Support the creators of this show by adding it to your own wicked library. Ninth Story Studios giving Story a voice.
1: Podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org to discover more shows like this one. The darkness awaits.
0: Do you like me and my lift? Please tell me by writing a short review of the show in iTunes and leaving me some gold stars. It helps others to find their way here too. I like gold stars. Can I have lots? pretty please? Leave me stars and reviews at iTunes.victoriaslift.com.
1: Hello, kiddies. This is Victoria's Uncle Crispy, otherwise known as the Librarian. The author of today's story, The Inexorable Halloween, was Nelson W. Piles, If you enjoyed the story, you can find more of his work at Amazon.com and also stalk him on social media. At Nelson W. Piles for Twitter and Facebook.com backslash Nelson.Piles. For more episodes of The Lift, go to VictoriousLift.com. Also, share the episode. Rate it on iTunes. Wave a flag. Do whatever you'd like but listen to the show and support us. We thank you for your patronage (laughs) without being patronizing. (laughs) Happy Halloween, kiddies.
0: (laughs) Today's episode of The Lift is told by Heather Thomas and Nicole Goodnight and features a custom score by our resident composer, Nico Viteze. I have lost so much My name is Victoria I am bound to this place Charged with guiding those who must choose Don't be afraid I can never again be the little girl I was Will you accept your fate or change it? I have my music have box And a library lost But I sometimes feel very alone Won't you join me? It's time for your ride on the lift. <laughs> Don't be afraid.
2: October thirty first, twenty seventeen. Boontown, New Jersey. Halloween. Such wonderful names you girls have, the woman said. She sounded young, pleasant, almost friendly. I mean, in this day and age, you just don't hear names like those. The three girls tied to the support beam in the woman's basement tried not to cry too loudly. They were blindfolded and sitting with their backs against beam in a little triangle. Their hands were tied behind them, and they shook with fear. A fear that was growing. Particularly Evelyn. Now, which one of you is Blair? The woman asked. Then added, Don't raise your hand, of course. No one said a word. The girls just whimpered. Now, come on. We don't have all night. Girls, which one of you is Blair? Still, no one said a word. Okay. Okay the woman said. That was rude of me. My name is Wendy with an I. It's Halloween, and I have three guests tonight. A little witch, some kind of Indian princess, and a very adorable clown. I'd like very much to know what names go with what girl. After a pause, a small voice spoke. Margo. I'm Margo. Lovely, Wendy said. Thank you, Indian princess. Clown? How about you, peaches? Blair. There you are, Blair. Good for you. And that means you're Evelyn, am I right? Evelyn nodded slowly, (laughs) crying harder. Okay, girls. Now we're familiar with each other. We can all get along for the time we have together. Wendy shuffled around and suddenly stopped adding what little of it is left anyway
3: what do you want
2: Blair asked
3: we don't know what you look like you could just let us go
2: oh you're the clever one Blair Wendy said but no can do my little treats how about you tell me where your other friend is the one who didn't come up to the door I saw her staring at the house from the street Who is she? Who? Margot asked. I'm neither stupid nor blind. The fourth trick-or-treater. Is she a friend of yours?
3: Oh, her.
2: Blair said.
3: We don't know. She started following us and stopped when we came here.
2: No. Why don't I believe you?
3: No, really. We don't.
2: Blair said. Well, it doesn't really make a difference. I mean, she's not here. And the house is sufficiently spooky enough on its own. I guess she chickened out. But not you three. So good for you. And your bravery. (laughs) Wendy laughed. And a chill went through the girls. Evelyn let out a scream. (gasps) Oh, no screaming, please. There isn't time for that right now. What needs to happen is for you three to cooperate with me. Can you do that? Girls shuddered but quieted. It's good for a start, Wendy said. I know you're scared. It's okay to be scared. You should be scared. But you can be quiet too. Wendy moved closer to them. I'm going to remove your blindfolds, girls, and I don't want to hear a peep from any of you. Not if you understand. The girls nodded along with Evelyn. Well, all right then, Wendy said and took off Evelyn's blindfold. Her eyes were shut tight. Wendy did the same with Blair and Margot. Wendy moved away. No one is going to open their eyes? The girls sat still and did not open their eyes. Wendy let out a short laugh. There was a loud smack sound, and Evelyn's eyes snapped open. She watched Wendy turn left in a circle to see the other girls tied around the pole. Blair gasped. Wendy chuckled, (laughs) but laughed out loud when Margot saw her. (laughs) Wendy circled the pole as she spoke. Not as scary as you thought I was going to be, am I? Wendy asked. And it was true. She was pretty. She looked a little like a singer Evelyn's mom listened to that sang about thunderstorms or something. Except Wendy's hair was black. She wasn't nearly what Evelyn expected. But she was still scary. Do you feel a little more at ease because I'm not some scary monster? Do tell, girls. Well? Blair started.
3: You don't look like we thought you would. At least... I don't think so.
2: Blair. First impressions are everything, don't you think? Wendy said, stopping in front of Blair. And your first impression was that I was a monster, is that right? Evelyn felt Blair nodding behind her. And you, little Pearl. Did you know that Margot is French for Pearl? Do you think I'm a monster?
3: I... I don't think so. Margot said.
2: Wendy started to circle again. Well, girls, thank you for your flattery, but you're wrong. She walked back into Evelyn's view and pointed to a sign that hung on the far wall that had twelve big letters. Evelyn, please read that sign out loud for the girls. They're not really in a position to see it. Evelyn squinted, But no matter how hard she did, the sign said the same thing. She couldn't speak. Come on, Evelyn, Wendy said. She smiled. Evelyn coughed and said nothing.
3: Evie, what does it say?
2: Margot asked.
3: Yeah, come on,
2: Blair said.
3: Yeah, come on, Evie.
2: (laughs) Wendy said, chuckling. Evelyn read aloud.
3: It says, I eat children.
2: All of the air had left the room. Evelyn's eyes darted from the sign into Wendy. Wendy's face bore a tight, satisfied smile that seemed to grow the longer it remained silent. It's a sign that represents exactly what this evening has in store for you. Why? Evelyn asked. Because I'm hungry. You're gonna eat us? Blair asked. The sign doesn't lie, darling, Wendy replied. This has gotta be some Halloween joke, right? Blair said. Wendy walked over to Blair. You and your friends walked into my house, got yourselves bonked, tied up together, blindfolded, and now you think it would be suddenly a joke that I'm going to eat you? Wendy glided over to Margot. For nine-year-olds, you're all kind of stupid, aren't you? (laughs) Margot sobbed. (laughs) Wendy laughed and walked over to Evelyn. (laughs) I bet you're all magically delicious. She leaned right into Evelyn's face. Especially you, Evie. Wendy moved to the large island counter and began to clear off papers and cups. She put them under the island neatly and quickly. She hummed a little song that Evelyn couldn't recognize. Then Wendy grabbed a broom and swept around the girls. Dust flew up, making it hard to see and breathe. The girls coughed intermittently, but Wendy would shush them. Blair stopped crying and sighed. Wendy dropped her broom and whirled with anger in her eyes. Was that you, Blair? Wendy said. Do you have the actual nerve to sigh while you're waiting to be eaten? Blair gasped. Tell you what, Wendy said. You girls like movies? Tell me your preference. VHS or Super 8? The girls said nothing. Super 8 it is. I'm going to untie you and re-tie you to something else so you three can see it. Don't try anything. A steel loop was anchored in the concrete floor. Wendy took the ropes and tied the ends to the loop and made the three girls stand next to each other. She instructed them to stand still and not to sit on the floor. At least they could see each other now. The three girls looked at each other, and said nothing. Wendy set up a small projector and then hung a white bedsheet against the opposite basement wall. She then produced a small cassette player and faced the girls. Now, just so you know, there isn't any sound on the Super 8, so I've provided some music as you three seem to get so bored, Wendy said. Now pay attention. I'm pretty sure this will cure your boredom. She pressed play on the cassette player, and flipped a switch on the small Super 8 projector. The girls weren't even paying attention to the song as they waited for the movie to start. They didn't have to wait long. The movie was in black and white, and opened on three girls around the same age as Evelyn and her friends. The girls were tied together and shackled to a post in a basement, not too different than the one where they were being held. Evelyn also noticed that the girls looked petrified. Their eyes were fixed on something off-screen. After a moment, Wendy stepped in front of the camera. She was smiling and waving. Wendy looked exactly the same, except Evelyn could tell that the movie was from a long time ago. In it, Wendy's hair was done up like some lady named Lucy from some show her grandma used to watch rather than the long, black, curly hair she had now. She was wearing a dress with an apron that had Kiss the Cook stitched on it. In the movie, Wendy did a twirl and then snapped a look into the camera. That's when she changed. It took only seconds, but Wendy's entire body dissolved and morphed into something horrible. Her skin and hair receded into itself, and she became a large, snarling thing that looked nothing like the girls had ever seen. Something familiar, yet alien, with things that looked like antlers or horns coming out of her head. Her mouth was a gaping maw of ragged, badly formed teeth. The girls watched in a state of stunned silence as Movie Wendy, or whatever she had turned into, turned and grabbed the closest girl the Wendy thing yanked her hard off the post with one claw-like hand. She held the soundlessly screaming girl up. The other two girls screamed as well. Then, they both closed their eyes and turned their hands. The song continued about how the singer was going to be mad if he had to wait. The Wendy thing held the girl up in front of her face. She, it, turned to the side, as if to be even more clear to the viewers what was about to happen. The Wendy thing's jaw seemed to unhinge and expand, wide in an impossible and awful way. The little girl was lifted up higher and swallowed headfirst. The Wendy thing bit down just above the girl's sneakers. The one foot fell out of her mouth, and the Wendy thing casually regarded the other foot before tossing it aside. Still chewing, the Wendy thing turned to the two remaining girls in the movie. Then, the Wendy thing looked right into the camera. Evelyn's world went black. Evelyn, Blair, and Margot were walking past Oak Street. It had just gotten darker. But there was still some blue in the skyline. They had been trick or treating for an hour, and their pillowcases were full. It was a great year for candy. Evelyn had her sack of candy slung over her back. Margot and Blair followed suit.
3: Are you guys tired?
2: Margot asked.
3: Because I'm getting tired. Blair laughed. (laughs) You're always tired,
2: Blair said.
3: Eat some candy. The sugar will help your sleepy butt.
2: This made Evelyn and Margot laugh (laughs) unexpectedly loud. Blair joined in, and the three girls continued their walk. Evelyn heard footsteps behind them and turned around. A girl around their age ran to catch up to them. The girl wore an old-looking but clean dress and a black robber's mask. She was smiling from ear to ear. "'Hello!' said the little girl.
0: "'My, you walk fast!' Are you lost?
2: Blair asked.
0: No, I wanted to catch up. My name is Victoria. Can I walk with you?
2: Evelyn looked at her closer now that she was right in front of them. She had long blonde curls and really green eyes. Even under the streetlights, they seemed really bright. She had a sweet, sincere smile, and the accent made her adorable. Well, Evelyn said,
3: I'm Evie. That's Margie. And that's Blair. We're actually debating on going home.
0: Oh, I see,
3: Victoria said.
0: Well, can I at least walk back with you?
3: Blair laughed. (laughs) We're not going home, Evie. She can tag along if she wants. Evelyn turned and looked at Blair, and then at Margot.
2: Margie looked tired, but she seemed to still be into walking some more.
3: I'll have some candy,
2: Margot said, smiling a little.
3: You can come along, Vicky,
2: Blair said. Evelyn turned back to Victoria and smiled.
3: Yeah, come on.
2: Victoria nodded and smiled, but Evelyn noticed a small slump in the girl.
3: Are you
0: from England?
2: Blair asked, starting to
0: walk. Yes, I am.
3: That's so cool. What are you doing in boring old New Jersey?
0: I don't get to really travel a lot,
3: Victoria said.
0: But sometimes I find really interesting places to go.
3: Margot laughed. (laughs) Well, you sure didn't find one today, Vicky. The four girls giggled. (laughs) (laughs) So where are we going? Victoria asked. There's a big house at the top of Birch Street, Blair said. It's abandoned, but it might be haunted. Thought it would be fun to sneak in, take a look around. Victoria stopped.
0: I'm not sure that's a good idea.
2: Oh, it'll be fine, Evelyn heard herself say. And it'll be fun, too. The four girls walked to the end of Oak Street and turned left to walk up Birch. The hill was rather steep, and Evelyn wished they'd gone the other way. This side of the street only had one street lamp, and it was out. Blair and Margot walked together in front while Evelyn hung back with Victoria. As they trudged along, every now and again, Evelyn heard a small chime from Victoria's candy bag.
3: Did you get a lot
0: of candy? Not really. Then what's in your bag? Not much. No, I mean, what's making that noise? Oh, it's my music box. You carry
3: around a music
0: box? Yes, I take it everywhere.
3: Is that an English thing? Victoria chuckled.
0: (laughs) No, silly.
2: Victoria started, but was interrupted.
3: There it is.
2: Blair said. The girls stopped and looked up at the dark house on the even darker street.
0: I don't think we should go in,
2: Victoria said,
3: breaking the silence. You didn't have to walk with us, Blair said.
0: I know, but I don't think it's a good idea. No one asked you, Vicky,
2: Margot said coldly, then softened.
3: Come on, you said you like traveling to interesting places. Well... This is as interesting as you're going to get in Boonton. Evelyn, don't go in there. Please?
2: Victoria whispered. Evelyn looked at her. Victoria was frowning.
3: Listen, it'll be fine. You can wait here. We won't be long, okay? Victoria said nothing as Evelyn walked
2: away, joining the two girls who were already halfway up the steps. As Evelyn caught up to Blair and Margot... She turned and saw Victoria staring up at the house. She thought for a moment that she could see her eyes from the top of the stairs. Then she heard the front door open and everything went black. Evelyn's eyes fluttered, and when they opened, she was lying on the basement floor. She sat up slowly. The song that had been playing was done and all she heard was someone breathing heavily and a foot tapping. "'Well, it's about time, Evie,' Wendy said. "'You lasted longer than the other girls, though. "'Last kids I showed my home movie to "'didn't make it past the change.'" Evelyn looked up at Wendy, hovering over the three girls. She looked at Blair and Margot next to her, who were also on the floor. They were awake, but not sitting up. They were sobbing. So, I guess you three little tater tots aren't bored anymore. Gonna pay attention and be quietly scared from here on in, yes? Wendy was smiling and wringing her hands. A thick rope of drool poured from her mouth and down her chin. It ran down her peach-colored dress and down to the floor.
3: What are you?
2: Evelyn heard herself ask. Well, I'm Wendy. Last name Go. Nice play on words, right? Wendy Go. Wendy go. So clever, isn't it? I mean, it's really fun. Wendy got close to Evelyn's face. Have you ever heard of a Wendigo? You could look it up, I suppose, but you're really not going to get the chance at this late hour. Wendy laughed. <laughs> Okay, girls, I need you up in Adam. Get off the floor. My cell phone camera isn't going to see you if you're lying on the floor. The girls didn't move. Seriously, it's time. Get up. Evelyn looked around the room. She looked at her hands tied together and tried to pull them apart. Now you want to struggle? Come on, Evie. Just stand up, you three. I have things to do after dinner. Margot began to wail. I said get up, Wendy snarled. Her voice had dropped an octave, and the three startled girls began to flail. It doesn't matter if you're lying down or not, but it'll hurt a lot more if I have to get you. Understand? Evelyn tried to stand quickly but fell over onto her back. She rolled over halfway and pushed herself up. It was hard with the hands tied together. Blair was at least on her feet, but hunched over.
0: That's quite enough.
2: Vicky? Evelyn heard Margot say. Wendy growled. What the hell? Wendy moved in front of the girls to face the voice, wherever it was coming from. A green glow began to fill the basement, and Evelyn saw that Wendy was looking right into it. "'It's the fourth little girl,' Wendy said. "'How did you get down here?'
0: "'We're leaving, girls,' Victoria said.
2: "'Oh, that's precious, you delicious
0: little heroine.' "'I know what you are,' Victoria said. "'And you're going hungry today.' (laughs) "'Oh, am I?' Wendy (laughs) chuckled. (laughs)
2: "'How can I possibly go hungry?' I may wind up absolutely stuffed after eating you, dear. Evelyn stood all the way and saw Victoria, still in her mask and holding a box. Wendy crept towards the small girl. Victoria's face showed no emotion or fear. You're a
0: windigo, Victoria said. I've never met one before, although my uncles told me about them. You're a bit far from home, aren't you? Home is anywhere I hang my head,
2: Wendy said, and eat my food.
0: And right now, home is here. You have a choice. Leave now, or I'll give you a home you won't like. Wendy turned
2: and looked at Evelyn. Check the lady balls on this girl, Wendy said, excited. She whirled to Victoria. You know, I think I'm fine right here. You're going to be delicious. Choice made, then. She opened the music box. It took Evelyn a moment, but it was the same song Wendy had played during the movie. Wendy took that moment to change into her true self. Her hair receded into her skull, and the transformation happened quickly. She let out a roar that filled the basement. The three girls (gasps) screamed. Evelyn covered her ears. But then the roar changed. It wasn't angry anymore. It sounded dreadful. The Wendy thing began to back away from Victoria, but the little girl advanced. Evelyn could see it now. Victoria's eyes were glowing a fierce green. Wendy put her hands up to her face, and then... She was gone. Victoria closed her music box and set it down on the table next to the cassette recorder.
0: I think you girls have had enough Halloween.
2: The four girls stood outside of the old house in the darkness. Blair and Margot held each other. Evelyn stood in front of Victoria.
0: I can't stop shaking,
2: Evelyn said.
0: You're going to be okay. You are all going to be okay. Evelyn looked at Blair and Margot.
3: They don't don't look okay, she said. They
0: will be, I promise. Victoria held out a hand to Evelyn. Evelyn took it. I have to go. Can you take them home, Evie? Evelyn
2: nodded. She let go of Victoria's hand and shuffled over to her two friends. She looked back at Victoria.
3: Thank you for saving us,
2: she said. Victoria smiled and watched the three girls leave. She looked up at the house on Birch Street and then pulled the very special key her uncle had given her from her pocket. The one that made any door she used it on open into his library. Victoria burst through the door, still wearing her mask and clutching her music box. She was very excited.
0: Uncle, I've done something really wonderful.
2: She ran and found her uncle sitting at his large desk, reading a newspaper. He looked sad. Uncle, I have something to tell you! The librarian looked up.
1: And I have something to tell you too, dear. Sit, please.
2: Victoria was not accustomed to the tone in her uncle's voice. What's wrong?
1: I'll tell you. I found the article you read from my archive. You had it circled three times. Ring a bell?
0: what I was going to tell you about.
1: I do wish you would talk to me before you went out. You see, dear, there's a thing called causality. Do you recall what the article said?
0: Yes. Three girls found partially eaten in a small New Jersey town.
1: Exactly. Do you know what the article says now?
0: There shouldn't be any article, because I saved them.
1: No. you didn't.
0: The librarian took the newspaper
2: and handed it to Victoria. The article she had circled was gone, but the circle was still there. It highlighted a different article. She read the headline out loud.
0: Three girls dead after being struck by a van.
2: Victoria dropped the newspaper.
1: It seems the three girls you prevented from being eaten still never made it home. Do you know what that means? I should have walked them home. No. It means that the three girls were always going to die that night. There wasn't anything you could do about it.
0: But, Uncle, I saved them.
1: <laughs> no. Sadly, you didn't. That isn't how it works. You gave them a choice, yes?
2: Victoria nodded.
1: And they chose poorly. The only thing you did wrong on this was try and change the outcome. Nothing you could have done would have saved those girls. It was their choice, and their choice alone.
2: Victoria stomped foot. But they
3: didn't have to die!
1: When a choice is made, it's done. No divine intervention's not even your intervention. It's set. It's... inexorable. If they had chosen something else, then they would have been fine. You can't unchoose for anyone. It's always their choice, even if it's an awful one. As they were supposed to die, so they did. Not in the manner originally, but they were always going to die that night. And they have. Order restored.
0: But I've done it before!
2: Victoria protested.
0: When I fix the situation with Rachel after Anthony!
2: The girl sighed. The pain's still fresh after so many years.
0: After
1: Anthony... After he killed her.
2: The librarian said, gently.
1: Yes, yes you did. And if you think about that, I think you'll understand there was a very specific reason you were able to change her fate.
0: Because... because... because I caused it in the first place.
1: Precisely. You have a kind heart, dear girl, but you need to respect the rules.
2: Victoria stood there, shaking. Her head was down to the floor, and her hands closed tightly. The librarian stood and reached over the counter, picking her up. He hugged her, and she hugged him back. She buried her face into his shoulder.
1: You must be careful, Victoria, the librarian whispered. The universe tolerates us both, but no more trying to fix things. Do you understand?
2: Victoria nodded.
1: Good girl.
2: Victoria sobbed hard (laughs) into his shoulder again.